Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by, in their words, out-of-home executives talk about out-of-home. Purchase your copy of this ebook at billboardinsider.com backslash publications. Today's podcast guest is Denise Levine, Chief Revenue Officer of Branded Cities, a 20-year-old out-of-home company which specializes in iconic urban out-of-home locations. Welcome to the show, Denise. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. Well, likewise, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I just left New York City for a few days, and it's been the first time since COVID hit. It's been over a year, my first time on an airplane. So I'm traveling, uh, speaking to you in in a different state for the first time which is exciting for me. Denise, I have to ask, have you been vaccinated? I have. I have two times and my 14 days in. So I am still being careful, still wearing my mask and good for you know, you. doing what I have to do. But, but it, feel, it really feels good. feels good. And this is just neither here. Everyone says, oh, COVID's going to change everything forever. I tend to be in the camp of, you know what? A lot of changes are going to wash out. I got poked in the arm, and I took my very first business trip last week. I'm going to take another one next week. And my world, I'm going to be back. There's people I have to see to do business. I think that's good. It bodes well for the economy. It bodes well for the travel industry, which is a big out-of-home advertiser. Well, Denise, could you review Branded City's history and and discuss the current plant? So just to give you an overall, I know you had had explained we're 20 years in the out-of-home industry actually founded in, in 1999 by a wonderful gentleman named Steve Elman in one single market in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where our corporate headquarters are. And I actually run the New York office in Manhattan. We have now since been growing, we're about nine sales offices now in 15 markets. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we're going on over 3,000 assets, all spectacular, iconic throughout the U.S., and Canada. Mr. Elman bought over 100% of Clear Channel Canada a few years ago. And we are in about eight markets in the U.S., from New York, L.A., Chicago, Philadelphia, D.C., Phoenix, Denver, Vegas. And I actually have two brand new markets, Top DMA, which we are going to be sending out a press release. I'm hoping, if not this week, next week, some real exciting news. Wow. Yeah, and we're about 50% digital in the U.S. Is that right? Things have been really moving for us, thank God. And Denise, your your markets, when you go in a market, these aren't just any boards. These these aren't just 8 by 12, 8 by 10, or 10 by 20 poster boards. I mean, I I think of, you know, Rogers Tower in Toronto, the Wrigleyville board, Mm -hmm. the Lincoln Tunnel board, NASDAQ, Hollywood and Vine. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are the boards. (laughs) The iconic boards. You're right, David. And, you know, we are fortunate. And I know that we've all, as an industry, we, we had been hit with COVID. But yes. the wonderful thing is we're we're beyond that. We are on recovery. We Not even are we on recovery. We are on recovery in full drive, full speed ahead. I mean, categories that have come back to us because of it and because of our iconics, because of in, in different selling propositions, what we do is we, we package where, where, like most of our other competitors, will package by frequency. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll sell 15 to 20 locations on a 14 by 48, a standard 
spectacular. Mm-hmm. We're selling like an excitement, an engagement. We're like the jewel in the crown for an advertiser. Mm-hmm. Our iconic assets, we focus on creative. So what if you, you mentioned Thomson Reuters or NASDAQ. Well, yes. Like for Reuters, we have six screens, for example, where somebody could just come in and take over a roadblock. Mm-hmm. When I say roadblock, like I know you had mentioned you had seen me, we did where we donated, we put on a, an ad on the screen to donate, to find somebody to donate a kidney to yes. somebody who was in need. Mm-hmm. We could go and place time on that board for an hour, two hours, even for a day roadblock with an event happening surrounding it. Our creative is impactful and our signs that we're meant to display, you know, repurpose to display larger impactful experiences for people. You know, many times we're selling the area and, and around our locations, the activations that include our boards. And most of our units, we have a significant dwell time where mm-hmm. like you're not on the highway where you only have like a few seconds, mm-hmm. you know, an eight second message. This is more where people are, are spending their time with their families or, or just going out for lunch at, when they're coming out of the office for a while. And like I said, I know we're coming back into the swing of things. I've been in Manhattan. Little by little, we're getting back. Times Square is coming back. Mm-hmm. You go with Soho. You go into the village, Upper West Side, things are popping. Things are happening. I, I want to explore something about about the sales cycle, which I think is fascinating. So when you have like three boards all close together on a little piece of property in Soho, or when you have the NASDAQ, I mean, that that is way different, isn't it, from selling a single rural 14 by 48 next exit McDonald's billboard. I mean, talk, talk about the nature of what it's like selling a... You sort of went there, but what what it's like selling a complicated set of boards in close proximity. Right. But this is what clients are looking for now, because what they're doing is they're ampl- it's, it's like a significant amplification in their social media oh, you know, yep. from their audiences. Right. Clients, celebrities, they're buying they're doing these so that they can stand in front of the boards and, and post on social. Some yes. of them are getting million, you know, million views. Yes. Because you stand in front of a standard something that's not as sexy, I should say. Yes, yes. You know, so we were, we're fortunate to, you know, that's our portfolio. That's where we, you know, when, I, when we play the game of Monopoly and we want to get the best of the best within each market, yeah. you know, our focus is on inventory that will make an impact and not just using one board, but some, in some cases using five boards mm-hmm. to form a creative, mm-hmm. you know? And you mentioned that you, you've seen a strong response. It, it seemed like... You know, national brands uh, last March, April, May just froze. Everything dropped away. And then the market started to come back. It started to come back. Local advertisers first, national maybe following. But I hear you are really sounding a bullish tune that, yes, the market, the national brands are coming back for the iconic boards. Yes. You know, a gentleman in our industry had said this to me where we are very fortunate to have the word out. In our industry, we're out of home. Mm-hmm. And now, more than ever, people want to be out. Hmm. And so things are coming back. We are seeing real estate, right? We all know since people were at the beginning, were leaving, you know, the cities, mm-hmm. they're going to the suburbs or the, the real estate, the Airbnb, mm-hmm. the alcohol industry, all of the fantasy sports gaming like FanDuel and BetMGM and DraftKings have been really kind and good to out-of-home industry have been coming back full force because of all of the digital activity that's Mm -hmm. going on. 
they've been instrumental in our COVID recovery. We thank them. And unfortunately, due to the profile of our site, you know, and the impact, we didn't feel the squeeze as much. Listen, we did, we did, we were affected like everybody else, but it may not have been felt as strongly as others because, you know, of the campaign being pushed to social media. And brands recognize that people, they want to spend more time out of their homes after long periods of being in their homes. And we're seeing more of a rise and even, you know, programmatic dollars coming mm. out of COVID as brands release budgets. I think also you, you benefit branded cities benefits because even though we talk about no one driving, well, you know, traffic was down, but there were still a lot of people driving. I forget what the, even at its low point, there was an astounding volume of traffic still on city streets. I wonder, was it say, was it 30 or 40 percent down? But it wasn't like no one was driving, as opposed to maybe if you were a place-based where people were driving, but no one was in the office, or if you were an airport advertiser where people were driving, but no one was going through airports. So you sort of benefited that your maybe your plant is more connected to freeways and roads where people were still driving. They may not be driving to the office, but they sure were driving different places, maybe yeah. the grocery store or other places in their life. And even putting that back, like we're behind, we're past that. Yes. David, I swear to you, I drive into Manhattan. I am still going into the office in Manhattan on 42nd Street. And it takes me almost two hours from the <laughs> suburbs, which on the train, it's a 45-minute drive, 45-minute wow. ride on the train. Wow. I'm driving. It's taking me two hours to get yeah. in and out of Manhattan with the traffic. Wow. So, you know, I dare anybody to, to try and, <laughs> and take that drive and beat me on that. Because, so it's. <laughs> We always, we're always, um, you know, the traffic is not a good thing, but in this case for me, I, it, gets, it gets me so excited when I'm driving in and I'm right before the Midtown Tunnel, I'm sitting there in traffic and I'm looking at all the billboards and I'm seeing the march, all the movies coming back and I'm seeing, you know, new postings and new creative. It's just, it's exciting for me, you know? If you're in the out-of-home business or are thinking of starting an out-of-home company, you need, in their words, out-of-home executives talk about out-of-home. This ebook contains advice from 173 out-of-home executives on getting started, finding good locations, permitting, digital billboard sales, and much, much more. Jim McLaughlin says, what a really neat idea, lots of great comments and suggestions from the industry's finest. Visit billboardinsider.com backslash publications and order your copy today. Denise What's necessary for out-of-home to take more of the total U.S. ad spend? David, we have to continue to make out-of-home inventory easier to buy for the buyers, for the agencies, for clients direct. We have to support inventory by continuing to be audited. We need media operators to continue to invest in technology whether it's digital or back-end systems that could ultimately connect to specialists and buying platforms. We need to invest in the right people who can talk holistically about the omni-channel plans and, and how out-of-home can fit into these plans. We formed a revenue growth committee with the OAAA, hmm. and it's the first time in years. And I'm, I've been in the industry over 30 years, and it's the first time that all the chief revenue officers, we get together now on a regular basis. So it's it's not just branded cities, but it's 15 of our my competitors who are my friends, mm -hmm. you know, not just my competitors. We're working together as a team to help grow this industry. And, you know, Anna Badger has done a great job pulling us all together and, and allowing us to, to form this committee. That's pretty much what we need to get a bigger piece of the pie. There's so much to gain. I think, what's the math? A 1% 
gain in the U.S. market share is a doubling of the out-of-home market. I mean, it's insane. The, the, if we could just move the percentage up, how much everyone wins. You're right. Denise, what role do the out-of-home, the automated out-of-home sales platforms, you know, a, a Vistar, an AdQuick, a Blip, you know, what, what role do the automated sales platforms have in selling iconic inventory? It's a big role for us. We have been, you know, moving into these programmatic platforms like Vistar and working with Broadsign and, mm-hmm. and Place Exchange and you know, it, it gives us the ability to bring in more revenue in other areas within the agencies and the clients and within their budgets that out of home has never been able to find or, or to get our hands on before. For us, it's, it's important. It's important for us to continue having those budgets for just outdoor and out of home. But it's, it's also, I, I think right now we have to have two hands, one hand in one bucket, one hand in the other. What role is there for the traditional sales rep in, a, in an automated sales platform environment? There's a big role for them to, you know, to start forming those relationships the way that the traditional, and I, I hate to say traditional because now mm-hmm. in Out of Home, where I think it was Maureen McCleskey said we're transformational now, we shouldn't be called traditional. You know, mm-hmm. we're not just your, your single billboard anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So the regular account executive right now who is servicing the out-of-home buying services and the agencies and the clients, that's that's one role, but there's a whole bigger digital role now for somebody that we're actually looking to bring on somebody as well within our company. I'm finding a lot of hmm. my competitors are doing the same to service those digital buying services, the digital teams, and to be calling on those agencies directly and letting them know. Some of them don't even realize, I mean, they're just so used to buying Play space, you know, smaller digital screens, if it's in a, in a, in a shop, a coffee shop or a deli or, or a bowling alley or, or a bar, we have somebody go in and, and say, look at, look at the platform that you can buy. Look at the, in, you know, you can buy NASDAQ, you can buy Thompson Reuters, you can buy Vegas, the largest board in the U.S. on the strip. You know, it's the size of a football field. You can actually buy that programmatically. And these buyers, these, the, the digital buyers are just astonished. They don't, they never realized that that was, that could be part of their, you know, programmatic buy. Denise, are there any other things that you've, you've mentioned? So the shock or surprise, Hey, I can buy a big billboard using an automated platform. Are there any other misconceptions that are still out there in the buying community about out of home? I think what we had just said earlier, which is that it's, you know, it's just a traditional, it's a last thought yes. where we have, we have 180. I mean, years ago, it was, it, there was a buying service an out of home buying specialist because <laughs> it, no, it wasn't sexy for the advertising agencies. They didn't want it in their, in their hands. They didn't want to have to plan it and buy it. They, they, it, it was, it was foreign to them broadcast and print and radio. That's what was sexy. Yes. You know? But yes. Now, with all of the new experiences that we're giving people, bringing them outside, having one-on-one, you know, you can't turn off yes. our our industry, our medium, and and you know, if there's so many cool and different things that ideas that that clients are coming up with now, that it should be the first thought. Mm-hmm. It should be the number one thought now, and 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 clients are realizing that little by little, and it's. And Denise, you've you've mentioned the reason out-of-home thrives in that environment, the new out-of-home does, 
is instead of a vinyl, one and done, takes forever to put up. You put it up, it's got to stay up for six months. You know, someone, Twitter, someone can come in, tailor a message, get it on your boards because they're digital, and put it up there immediately and adjust the message real time. Yes, exactly. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to poo-poo that one and done large format vinyl. That's just as sexy and that's just as in demand. You know, that's that's something that can't be replaced either. Yes. That's an impactful message there Mm -hmm. as well. And unfortunately, there are still some markets that are not allowing that don't, some of the top DMA markets don't allow digital Mm -hmm. in, in, in those areas, they're mm-hmm. not permitted for it. So if you have an advertiser who is focusing on and needs that DMA, then they have no other choice to buy the static. And we are still a very big, you know, we can still offer that to clients and we need to. Denise, you have 20 years plus experience in media and out of home sales. How has the sales process changed and how do you think it's going to continue to change? Well, I've actually been in in this media industry for 30 years. If oh, you my. Believe it. I know. And oh, my. God, it's just, you know, emails are the main way of communicating now. When I, when I started, you know, it was just phone calls. <laughs> and we would walk over to the advertising agencies to actually pick up the contract. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have to stand there and wait at the reception area to get, we were so excited to walk back that feeling of walking back with a hard contract in your hand that yes. was signed. Yes. You know? Yes. We had custom mapping. I mean, we had mm. these little dots. We had those little sticky doc dots. And anyone who's listening to this is laughing because yeah. they know who is doing this. You would take hours and you would dot the maps of exactly where your locations were. And then you'd take a ruler and you would, you know, yeah. Show, yeah. take a ruler to a line. So and now it's just we're so with Google mapping, you can actually ride locations. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. If, if I'm looking to buy a piece of inventory and I, I need to get a comp, I, I can actually go onto Google map and feel like I'm driving, yes. driving it right from my, from my desk. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, now also we need to touch all three major touch points. Years ago, it was just the buying. So like I said, it was just the buying shop wanted to be involved. Mm-hmm. Now it's client, it's the planning agency and the buying shop and it's holding all hands. It's having to have three hands actually to hold all three together and mm. keep everybody communicating and in the loop. So that's pretty much, you know, the difference mm-hmm. of, of then and now that I've seen. What tips do you have for a young person that's just starting it out of home sales? What tips do you have for them to thrive in their career? You know, the person should be nimble and agile and keep up with trends, able to take no, actually, for an answer, and and, and have the strength and the force to move on and, and pass that and also have the courage to, again, I'm repeating myself, but have the courage to go to clients and reach out to clients directly, but have that full communication to be able to go to agencies and buying services to not just pigeonhole yourself to one, to ask for strategies so we can bring back ideas. You know, mm-hmm. when you have those meetings with clients or the agencies to find out what the strategies are so we can go back to our creative teams and, and actually come up with some brilliant, clever, different ideas to present to, you know, help bring these clients into our out-of-home area, our out-of-home world. Be open-minded. You know, from a local perspective, it's going to take time and it takes dedication. And I always say, you know, plant the seeds. Mm-hmm. Because if you're planting the seeds, 
even in the time of COVID, if you're planting the seeds, they will grow. You know, as long as you're doing it, it'll grow. Denise, what do you know now about out-of-home and sales that you wish you knew way back when, when you started? I just, you know, I wish I knew how much fun and how much I would love it, the love of it and the passion. You know, I wish that I knew that sooner. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew that I was going to really love what I do. Because what's enough. interesting is you started in a kind of a you started, didn't you? TV doing a little broadcasting, mm-hmm. and then that, then mm-hmm. you worked your way into out of home, didn't you? Over time. Yeah, I started in broadcast. Yeah, Tribune yeah. Broadcasting and yeah. Pix Channel Eleven, KTLA, and, yeah. and radio. And then I got a call to to start a company called Sky Sites, which was mm-hmm. just JFK Airport out of home outdoor advertising and JFK Airport airport advertising. Yes, one airport, and we grew that company. It was London based, and we grew it in the states to yeah. hundreds of airports. And JC Deco came in and bought it, and yes, then we started Samusa, uh-huh. and we grew Samusa with the street furniture, bus shelters, and, and newsstands. And then Deco came in and bought it, and. <laughs> And here I am now doing the large format iconic, which I just, yeah. it doesn't get any better. It yeah. doesn't, it's, it's, it's an, it's an exciting venture. And I, and I do love what I do. And I know I sound, I may sound a little corny to you because I'm passionate. I, I guess what somebody used to tell me, if you love what you do, right. You, you'll always make money and you'll always be happy and you'll always be health, not healthy, but health, of course, we know is most important, mm-hmm. but that wealth comes with your passion. So if you're good at what you do and you love what you do, you're automatically you're going to make a living. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure meeting you and speaking with you. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by In Their Words, out-of-home executives talk about out-of-home. Visit billboardinsider.com backslash publications and order your copy today. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.